that we had to pivot, isn't that the word of the, <laughs> of the last year, right? We had to pivot really quickly and we had to take church online. And so we've been meeting like this for a year. And before we move on, I just want to take a moment and say the biggest thank you to this amazing team. You can't see them where you happen to be right now, but, but I get the privilege of, of being alongside this magnificent team who have made it possible for LifeHouse as a church community to be able to continue to meet and to be able to connect every single week. And it's because of these beautiful people. So because you can't see them, I'm just going to let you know who's in this room. And please just thank the Lord for these treasures because they are absolutely amazing. So We've got Abby and we've got Nikki and uh, Hannah's not here today, but she's been part of it as well on the worship team. Uh, Josh, we just cannot say enough about that amazing man. And uh, he's hiding in the corner, pulling a face at me right now because he doesn't like to be highlighted. But you have no idea just the patience and the resilience of this man and how he has, if anyone can pivot, Joshua can. <laughs> and he's just, just amazing. He has been so wonderful. Uh, literally on a week-to-week -week basis, we would have to change things. And never once has, has uh, Josh grumbled or any of the team or been um, upset about anything. They have just been so accommodating and patient and positive and encouraging. Uh, we've got wonderful Alex, who's been here throughout this time. Enoch isn't here today, but he's been here as well. Um, and then we have the most amazing sound man. And let me tell you, sound men are the unsung heroes in many, many contexts, okay? Jansen, he has just faithfully <laughs> kept his head down and dealt with all the difficulties of tech, and he has just been so consistent and so faithful. Jansen, bless you, friend, and thank you, thank you. Behind cameras, you can't see him, but Carol, just phenomenal. This man's approach to every single challenge has been not a problem, we will make a way. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it's been, and he has just been phenomenal. So, Carol, thank you, and bless you, friend. Our wonderful camera crew. So, Rayon isn't here today, but he's been a huge part of it. And then my precious Joel. Thank you, my love. <laughs> just amazing. Um, it is a rare teenager that will get up early on a Sunday morning <laughs> to come and be part of our camera team. So, thank you, my Joels. And then we've got beautiful Sarah, who's doing all the media. So, the words that you're able to see on screen. 
It's thanks to Sarah, and Megan's not here today, but she's also been a part of the team to do it. And then there's been beautiful Shamla in the background, just taking care of everyone and making sure that everyone, <laughs> yeah, we're all just uh, shouting her praises here. She's just like a, a mom, just making sure everyone is good and, and has everything they need. So for you at home, also just know the elders have been with us, the, the beautiful people who've come in and, and you know, to do announcements and, and to just pray and to, to be here. There's, there's a huge team behind all of this. And um, really, guys, just thank you. Thank you for uh, what you've done. But we all here acknowledge that without the Lord, none of this would have been possible. He has sustained us. He's given us the grace and the ability. He's brought solutions about. He has provided for everything that we have needed. And so most of all, we thank him. So my lovely friends, the last time we had the opportunity to, to chat like this, um, and just hold on once more, it seems to become like the weekly thing now. This mic is being problematic. I'm just going to switch over here quickly. Wonderful. Is this better? Is that good? All right. So the last time we had the opportunity to chat, we spoke about the goodness of God. We spoke about the truth that God is good. And we looked at um, the truth that in the middle of confusing or painful seasons, we often can't see what's going on. We don't understand what is happening. And we so often turn to God and we're, we're calling out to him and saying, Lord, why are you not doing something? What is going on? And we looked at the truth that God is always at work because he is always good. And so we, we, um, we ended off saying that because he is good, when we can't see or understand or trace his hand, we have to trust his heart. And we looked at Lamentations 3 verse 21 to 23. And I'm just going to read it again for us, just as a little recap. It said, uh, this is the prophet speaking, and he's, he's just been outlining just the anguish and the, the, just the awful time that he had experienced. But then he says these powerful words. He says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. And that is what we are speaking about today, the faithfulness of our God. Now, at the beginning of the year, God asked me to take every opportunity that I was given to speak about who he is. And so we've already looked at the fact that he is good, and today we're looking at the fact that he is faithful. And the reason I believe God asked me um, to just hold before us as a community who he is, is because bad news dries up our hope. And uh, we cease to believe what we actually know in our spirit to be true. We know that God is consistent. We know that he is faithful. But constant, repetitive, bad news causes doubt. And it causes us to think that somehow he's limited to act in these very overwhelming circumstances. And often we can start to entertain a diminished perspective of who God is. And so he has just wanted for us as a community to, to be so mindful again, to just hold in front of us, just front and center, who our God actually is. 
Now, Josh once asked me what my favorite uh, hymn is. And um, without even hesitating, I said to him, it's great as thy faithfulness. And um, I just want to read you just a couple of the words of this beautiful hymn. And this hymn is actually based on the scripture out of Lamentations. And um, the words of the hymn go, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning in thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Or put simply, because we don't speak in 17th century English anymore, (laughs) as you have been, you forever will be. And that is the essence of the faithfulness of God. As he has been, forever he will be. God is wanting to just hold this truth of his faithfulness before us today so that we as a community can live from this place of assurance of his faithfulness, his unchangeable, trustworthy nature. And if we just look at the definition of faithfulness, um, faithfulness means to be constant, dedicated, devoted, steadfast, resolute, unswerving, stable, steady, loyal, and wholehearted. Isn't that amazing? Our God is these things, constant, dedicated, devoted, steadfast, resolute, stable, steady, wholehearted. When um, I was at school in South Africa, uh, we had to, um, once, or twice or at least once in your kind of school career, you had to attend these, um, I personally think they were dreadful, <laughs> um, adventure camps. And um, there, there were a lot of negative things around it, and they, they were used um, negatively in a lot of ways, which we won't get into today. But... Um, I remember having to go, um, it was sort of like an outward bounds kind of thing. And in Canada, I'm sure it would have been a lot of fun because there would have been all these safety measures and precautions. But in South Africa, there were none of those. And so if you've done a ropes course here in Canada, you know that when you go and do a ropes course, you've got a harness and there's safety nets underneath. And honestly, it's not that much of a challenge, although it can be very scary, because if something happens and you happen to fall, you're good. But in South Africa, that wasn't the case. So we were doing this, um, this uh, ropes course, and we had to um, do this, this high rope climb. And what they had done was they had two platforms across a river. And so one platform was on the one side of the river and one platform on the other side of the river. And you had to um, cross this river. There was no safety net underneath. There was no harness holding you up. You had a rope that was about that thick that you had to stand on, one rope, um, at the bottom for your feet, and then one rope above you to hold onto. And we had to somehow get across this, this river. And if you fell, you were falling into that river, and you were very likely going to be quite injured. And I remember climbing up that platform, and I was terrified. And I was like, okay, we, we're going to do this. But I remember from the moment I put my foot onto that rope, I realized how unsteady and unstable that rope was. And fear gripped me. 
And still to this day, even as I'm recounting the story for you right now, I, I am feeling every one of those emotions again. It was absolutely terrifying. And I had to hold onto this rope above my head and try and navigate this unsteady, swaying rope that was the only thing my feet had. And um, I had to inch my way across this river. And when I got to the middle of the river, I froze. I was absolutely petrified. And um, the, the instructors weren't the most encouraging of people. So I had one yelling at me from the, the, the start, and the one at the end was swearing at me, like that's motivation, right? And I, I just stood there, and I still don't actually quite know how I managed to get across. But there was nothing more terrifying than the instability of that rope. And you know, when, when I think of the fact that God is stable, faithfulness means you are stable, you are steady. God is the, the steadying factor in our lives. He is never a swaying rope. He is never an unsteady, precarious foundation. He, he is the most firm foundation that we can base our lives upon. And um, if you, during this time, have... Um, have been let down by unfaithful people, or you've felt the instability of the economy, or perhaps your finances have become unstable, um, or people, mentors that you held in high esteem have proved untrustworthy. All of those things make us feel unsteady. They, they, they make us feel unstable. But God is never that. And that's what he's wanting to hold in front of us today. Our God is never unstable. He's faithful, he's steadfast, and he's certain. We can rely on him. In um, the Psalms, it says that God widens the path beneath our feet so that our ankles do not turn. Isn't that beautiful? He makes a way for us. He goes before us. He is the faithful, faithful God. So let's just look at some important truths about God in the context of him being so faithful. The faithfulness of God means that he will never act or be inconsistent with himself. So we can trust what he says. He will never cease to be what and who he is. Everything he does and says is in accordance with his faithfulness. God is his own standard. And if ever we needed a standard, it's today. Everybody seems to be living by their own standard. But God is his own standard. He doesn't imitate anyone and no one gets to influence him. He never breaks a promise. He never violates a covenant. He never says one thing and means another. He never overlooks anything, and he never forgets anything. This is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the faithful one who has made a way for us to be forgiven and then to find eternal life and peace and value and purpose in a relationship with him. This is who our faithful God is. Now, um, the boys and I have been going through the Bible project, and 
if any of you have not taken the time to, to make use of it, it is the most phenomenal resource. And what we decided to do this year is we would um, use the Bible Project to go through every single book in the Bible and really get a handle on just the wonderful themes and the, um, just the, the beautiful stories. And what you see as you go through is just the faithfulness of God, the love of God, the goodness of God being weaved through each and every book. And um, these, these past few weeks, we, we were in the book of Judges and then the book of Ruth. And um, you know what I've realized is that we actually don't present the Bible um, in its whole truth very often, especially to kids. And um, there have been quite a few times where, where either Seth or Joel have like said to me, Mom, we never heard that story before because the Bible project is very careful with its language, but it really does go into the nitty-gritty of what's there. And there are some really horrendous stories that, that are in there because God is faithful and he covers over nothing. He is not afraid of our fallibility. He's the faithful one. He knows how faithless people can be. He knows how fallible humanity is, and he doesn't cover over anything. He wants us to see things for what they truly are. And um, so we were, looking, we were looking in the book of Judges, and Joel and Seth have labeled it the worst book in the Bible <laughs> because they have been horrified at the fallibility of mankind. And, um, you know, we, we teach children things like Gideon, and we go, yes, mighty man of valor. And he was because the Lord called him that and spoke a destiny over him that he otherwise would never have lived in. And so he did prove to be a mighty man of valor, and God was true to his word and helped him to be that. But we don't carry on with the story, and we don't tell our children that he also, unfortunately, had multiple wives, landed up having 70 children. His last child, he called, um, my father is king, not God is king, my father is king, right? And he built an idol with 43 pounds of gold, which is the equivalent of a million Canadian dollars. And he made this, this gold vest and put it in his hometown, and the Israelites would come and worship it. And he did nothing to stop them. That's the full picture of Gideon, right? And, and, and it just kind of goes downhill from there in the rest of the book of Judges. And so you're left with this, um, this very stark picture of the, the terrible faithlessness of humanity. And then it says this very sad thing at the end of Judges. In Judges 21, verse 25, it says, In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Listen to that. In, the days, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And you know, for us today, it's the same thing. How often do we not hear today, I'm living my truth? It's the same thing. Everyone doing what is right in their own eyes because they are completely unaware that there is a standard. There is only one truth. And Jesus Christ is that truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
He is the faithful one, and he is swayed by no one. And uh, we are living in a day where people desperately need to know the truth, because living your truth only gets you so far. And eventually you find yourself in a place where you are bankrupt, lonely, and without hope, and very often without a sense of purpose and value. So we go from this book of Judges, which is um, very disheartening, <laughs> let me say it that way, and we go on to the book of Ruth. And in the book of Ruth, loud and clear, is just the redemptive, faithful nature of our God. It's just seen so beautifully. And, um, you know, the story starts out in despair. It starts out with, with Ruth and Naomi um, in poverty. They've experienced death and grief and loss and anguish. Naomi changes her name to Mara, which means bitterness. She says that God has turned against her. And this is how the story of Ruth starts. But, you know, by the end, we see the faithfulness of God to redeem what is a desperate state, and we watch him not only redeem, but we watch him in his faithfulness. He brings about the lineage of David. Ruth becomes David's great-grandmother, and through her and through the faithfulness of God, we just see this beautiful lineage of David and then ultimately of Jesus being produced because God is redemptive and he is faithful. And so I just really felt when I was uh, just writing this that if your life is in ashes today, God is the one, he is the only one that can bring beauty out of ashes and life out of despair, but he's willing to do it for you because he loves you and because he's faithful to who he is. So when we look at all of this, how do we respond to the truth of God's faithfulness. Um, if you've got your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to uh, turn to Psalm 89, but it should come up on the screen as well for you. And um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but in Psalm 89, it is titled, A Maskell of Ethan the Israelite. Okay, who here in this room with me has ever heard of Ethan the Israelite? <laughs> okay, everyone's like shaking their heads. No, but it's right there. It says, it says a mascal, which is a, a type of song of Ethan the Israelite. And so I am notoriously curious. And so I was like, huh, I've never taken note of that title either, Lord. But I have learned that everything that is in scripture is there for a reason. And so I looked up um, Ethan the Israelite. And um, he is not only the songwriter and the author of Psalm 89, but he's also mentioned in 1 Kings chapter 4, and I think it's yeah, verse 31. And listen how he's mentioned. In 1 Kings 4, um, the writer is talking about Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, right? That is what is, is proclaimed over Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived. But in order to to confirm or to really convey how wise Solomon was, the author compares him to someone. Who do you think he compares him to? 
Ethan the Israelite. It says in 1 Kings 4, it says Solomon was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Israelite. So if, if the, the biblical author is, say, is, is wanting to show you how wise Solomon is, he's choosing the other incredibly wise person, someone who is so well known in the community in Israel for being wise that he holds him up as a comparison to, to show Solomon's even greater than this. Isn't that amazing? Ethan the Israelite. I can't wait to meet him one day in heaven. <laughs> I'm like, you, you're like an unsung hero. I want to know who you are. I want to know your story. Right? And we just know that he came from a line of, of um, family members. Some of his brothers wrote some of the Psalms as well. But we don't know anything else about him. But God saw fit to compare Solomon to him when, when declaring how wise Solomon was. So this is the man who is writing this Psalm that we're about to look at. So I think if someone is that wise, we should probably take note of what he says. And um, Ethan the Israelite says this, verse uh, 1 to 2, he says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. And then he goes on and he says in verse 8, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. And then he says this. He says, blessed are those who acclaim you and who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. So here's this wisest man, second only, it seems, to Solomon. And his declaration is all about the love and the faithfulness of God. And here is this incredibly wise man. And what does he choose to do with his life? And what is the one thing he chooses to write about in a song? He speaks about the faithfulness of God. And I really believe it's because it's that important that we, that we know this. We, this. To know this about God is of, of greatest importance because we can trust him implicitly and we can base our lives on the fact that he is faithful. And then when he says, blessed are those who acclaim you, my, my, my challenge for us as a community life house is that we would be people who acclaim the, the loveliness, the goodness, and most importantly, the faithfulness of God, that he is to be trusted, that we can rely on him. So my, uh, my challenge for us this week is let's be like Ethan the Israelite and proclaim the faithfulness of the Lord. You know, God is not disturbed by our fallibility. He can handle anything that is in our lives that is not right. And, and he's calling us as his children. And he's saying, run to me. Run to me. Bring your fallibility. Bring your struggles. Bring anything that is not in line with my standard of, of, of life and truth and goodness. 
come to me. We are going to work this out together because I am the faithful one. And I just want to leave you with a couple of scriptures where God is just highlighting the truth of his faithfulness. He's just saying, you can trust me. I'm that good. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Isn't that wonderful? That is our father. In uh, Philippians 1.6, it says, He who began a good work in you, if you know Jesus Christ, if you have accepted his salvation and his forgiveness and have become part of God's family, this scripture is for you. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith. He's the utterly faithful one. He watches over us to complete what he starts. We're not alone in this. You know, not only, I think, do we, do we, we teach, honestly, I think we, we teach people, I think we put the wrong emphasis, let me say, so often when we're teaching scripture. We, we forget to sometimes highlight the fallibilities. And, and in the same way, you know, we, we teach people that now you're saved, now you need to attain to all of these things. But God never says that. He says, I'm at work in you. I come and I make my home with you. I don't leave you for a second. And not for one iota, not for one moment do I ever expect you to do this on your own. I don't set a standard and say, okay, now hit those marks. That is not our God. That's the world that we live in. And we do that to ourselves, but God never does that to us. He is such a good father. He is such a faithful father. He is committed to us. He's in a covenant with us, and he never breaks his covenant. So he hasn't left you for a moment. And if you felt that he has, it's not the truth. And today he's saying, I'm the faithful one, and you turn back to me because I'm still with you. But you position your thinking again to understand that I am with you and I am for you. In Psalm 91, it says God's faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. And a shield can protect you personally here, but a bulwark is this defensive wall. It would be used um, on ships to actually um, make the, 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 the sides of the ship higher in order to protect uh, the sailors from, from danger and from attack. And so God's saying, not only am I a shield, not only is my faithfulness a protection for you, it's, it's much more than just a shield. It's a high wall all around you. I will protect you because of my faithfulness. We've been, uh, we've been reading uh, Corrie Ten Boom's the, the Hiding Place, and um, she says this amazing thing about... You know, she, she was in, the, in World War II. Her and her family were incredibly brave. They relied on the faithfulness of God. And they, they hid Jewish people for many, many years to protect them from the Nazis. And they were eventually captured. And um, she spent the last year of the war in a concentration camp. She lost her family. But she says this. She says about the faithfulness of God. She says, he won't always protect you from getting into danger but he will be with you and protect you in the midst of it. And whatever your circumstances are today, God is with you in the midst of them. And he is faithful. He is faithful to bring you through. He is faithful to bring beauty out of ashes. He is faithful to turn all things to the good for those that love him. This week, 
I was asked by someone, how do we know if God hasn't turned his face away from us? And all I could just encourage this precious person was, was the truth that God is faithful. And I just pointed this person to the story of Ruth. And I just, I just said to them, he will never be untrue to himself. He will never turn his face from you. He is with you through it all. And you can trust and rely on him. So friends, we've looked at today that God can redeem and weave life into whatever our present picture looks like. If you're grieving, if you're anxious, if you are without hope, he is the one that can bring life and hope because he is faithful. We can't always understand what's going on. And you know, the enemy is very much at work in disease or sickness or heartbreak. But God can take hold of us in that place and he can turn it around. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. So Lifehouse, let's dare to trust the faithfulness of our God. And I just want uh, one last scripture to kind of be the final word. And it's in Hebrews 10 verse 23. And it says, let us hold resolutely, faithfully to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Isn't that wonderful? He who promised is faithful. Let's just pray together. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have held us, Lord. You've sustained us through this last year. You have been our constant when everything else has changed. You have never turned your face away from us for a moment, and you never will. You are so absolutely faithful to everything you promise, Lord. Father, I pray right now for every precious person listening to this. Lord, you know the circumstances that they are in. You know what they are thinking and feeling right now. Lord, I pray that they would have a revelation of your faithfulness. I pray that every single person would be able to take hold of the truth that you are faithful, you are steady, you are stable, Lord. You do not change. And I pray, Lord, that such a, a hope would arise in every one of us today. And we would go out and we would be like Ethan. And we would declare the faithfulness of God so that those around us, Lord, would be able to come to know you. They would know you as their faithful one. Lord, I pray a blessing on every precious family, on every person, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that as we step into these next days, that we'll be able to trust you, Lord, as our faithful one. For he who promised is faithful. So friends, have a wonderful week. We will see you all again soon. Bless you. And remember, God is faithful.